freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. everybody welcome to another episode of gun freedom radio where we engage we educate and we inform i am one of your hosts cheryl todd and i'm the other guy dan todd we're doing a series called american talking about the can-do spirit that is part of our american dna Absolutely. Our lives have been turned upside down with this coronavirus, COVID-19, and we've been hearing a lot about things that we can't do and places we can't go, but we're reaching out to experts in their field, and they're telling us of all the different ways that we can still train and learn, grow and connect and expand our freedoms in ways that maybe we haven't even thought about before. Today, our guests are Michael Sodini, the founder of Walk the Talk America, and Jake Wiskirchen, the co-founder, co-owner, and chief clinical officer at Zephyr Wellness, a mental health outpatient practice in Northern Nevada. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Absolutely. And did I actually say your name right, Jake? Yeah, you did. Uh, Wiskirchen. That's a rarity that people get that right. I, I was practicing. So, <laughs> Wiskirchen. It, I mean, it looks like Whiskerchen. So, you know, that's it does. what my... It does. It's, and you it's have been whiskers. Americanized. You have whiskers I, I do, on your currently. Chin, but, <laughs> but I think I'm going to take the, uh, the Rob Pincus clean shave challenge. Um, I'm going to give him credit in public, but in private, it was really my wife's idea last night when she's like, so how long are you going to go with the beard? And I said, um, I guess today would be the end of that based on the tone of your voice. You, you must be a, a marriage and family therapist or something like that. <laughs> I, I, I am. I'm, uh, I'm licensed as such. And uh, uh, learning to read people has been one of my key skill sets. And learning to read one's own wife is really critical. Responding appropriately, a little more challenging sometimes. That but, is a uh, hard thing. But yeah, to I can read it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, this is uh, actually today is our 35th wedding anniversary. So uh, <clears throat> we've got you on the speed dial. So um. <laughs> yeah. happy anniversary. Bravo. Thank you. I haven't been able to read her in 35 years. <laughs> and I've had 35 years of training. And I still, <laughs> it changes every day. It's true. I mean, so it's like that, a good book. Every true. time you read it, 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 it reads differently. That's what or I, a bad computer. You don't know if it's going to work. <laughs> This is, this is life right here, right? Just happening in front of you. And then you put a microphone in front of a married couple, it all bets are off, but back, putting the train back on the tracks, um, Jake, I want to throw this first question to you during this time of fear and loss and having our daily routines restricted. One thing that I don't think we hear enough about is how all of this 
togetherness, this like never ending, you know, being together. (laughs) Um, (laughs) How does all of this impact uh, all of us emotionally? And I'm, I'm sure it's different, you know, individually, but, but what are you hearing and seeing? That's a really good question. I'm glad you brought it up because I think that um, this is very unique. It's, it's unique uh, probably for us uh, spanning the last four generations. Maybe we, we across the globe have never experienced anything quite to, to this magnitude and depth and breadth. And, um, and what, what I've, I've noticed over the last uh, three or four weeks in conversations with colleagues as well as my own employees. So we, we run an agency and like you mentioned in Northern Nevada that um, is arguably probably the largest in Northern Nevada as far as client volume and, um, and clinicians whom we employ. And we're very, very tight knit as a family at, at Zephyr Wellness. And so we talk a lot. And what's, what's really been broken at our agency as well as many other agencies and many other places of business um, is just the sense of camaraderie and the ability to have human connectivity and to, to, to literally touch people. Mm. Um, you can't, you can't walk into somebody's office with a slice of pizza and staff a case anymore. Um, it's very, very hard. And the other thing that I've noticed in talking to, to colleagues is that, um, everybody is stressed differently. Um, Mm. so for, for example, I'm, I, it sounds like a first world problem whining if I, if I complain at all, because I'm still employed. My wife is still employed. We're not starving. We're not emptying the savings account to pay the mortgage. And, and we're, we're, we're really quite blessed in a lot of ways. Um, everybody's healthy. Um, we personally, we have suspicions that we probably got the coronavirus back in February and, um, we just didn't know, but there's no way to, to check that yet. So, um, the struggle for us, uh, because in spite of all that, that I just listed off that for which I'm thankful is that my wife is, is a nurse and she works at the local regional hospital and she's dipping in and out of the public and facing people who are infected. And she's having to wear her gear multiple times longer than it was supposed to be used. And we don't know if we're bringing that thing home with us. And as such, we have to pretend that we're contaminated. So that level of stress is really tough. But also, we lost our childcare. Everybody lost childcare, I think, to some degree or another. Um, but for us, it's it's particularly different because my parents are, you know, in their late sixties, early seventies, and um, they're in a vulnerable population. And even though they can effectively self quarantine to the point that they can reasonably be assured that they're not sick. We can't. So we can't risk dropping the kids off, which basically converts me into a, a single dad uh, four or five days out of the week while, while Heather is working. And that's been particularly stressful because I'm trying to run a business. I'm trying to keep that business afloat, employ the you know 25 people that we have, um, raise two kids under the age of five. And um, now I'm doing it all from home without the aid of someone to watch the children. So, so it's, it's differently stressful all across the board. Now we, we look at people who have lost their jobs, they're, they're facing financial distress, they're, and now they're compelled to be together, right? Without their coping mechanisms, without their ability to offload, shoot, you know, shooting ranges are closed, um, parks are closed. Um, and depending on where you look across the country, there's various levels of enforcement of those types of things. And it's, that, that added tension is absolutely resulting in a deterioration of mental wellness. Um, we've seen domestic violence calls to our local county agency spike 64% uh, the last month, year over year. 
the agency with which my agency partners, uh, Safe Embrace, has seen a 72% increase over the last year, uh, you know, month month to date. Um, we've got to presume that suicides are are increasing. We just have no way to track that uh, until it's too late. So you know, all this all this absolutely stacks onto our stress level that has almost nothing to do with the illness itself it's it's the forced quarantine and um and that's been really tough so our clinicians are trying the best they can through zoom technologies and stuff like that and and so are many other people it's just it's just been very very challenging and so what we've been advising people to do is to make sure that they willfully and purposefully carve out time for themselves to do the things that they need to do to, to stay balanced and healthy. Um, what, whether that means taking a walk around the block by yourself or going on a nature hike or whatever it is, because not everybody has houses that, you know, that are large with basements and that kind of thing where they can move around. A lot of people are in you know, 900 square foot apartments and it, it agoraphobia, <laughs> claustrophobia is real, you know, um, people don't want to leave. They do want to leave and they're told they can't and they, there's nowhere to go even if they could. And it's just, it's very, very frustrating. Long-winded answer to your question, but um, it's been tough for everybody. No, absolutely. And knowing that you have a couple of little ones at home while we're doing this today, I, I actually was hoping there was going to be some mayhem in the background, and you've got some very well-behaved children. so <laughs> it's They're silly. comfortably tucked away playing with their cars and toys and probably watching a little TV. <laughs> nice. That's, yeah, and thank goodness we do have the, the digital gadgets every once in a while. Not all the time, but every once in a while, it helps. So, <laughs> so um, and Michael, getting you in here, uh, you started Walk the Talk America, gosh, what was it, maybe two years ago? Yes, uh, yeah, a little less than two years ago, but yeah, it's basically June of 2018. And who could have imagined, there was nobody that could have foreseen how important it would be to have an organization like yours up and running during this particular moment in time. And uh, I'll let you tell folks a little bit about what Walk the Talk America is, but also that you have set up some free, our favorite price ever, and anonymous, very important to so many of us, tools that help people to kind of assess themselves as to okay, where am I? I'm, I'm maybe not feeling great right now because nobody's feeling really great right now for all the reasons that Jake was just talking about. Um, but a tool that actually kind of helps, you know, encapsulize that I think is so valuable. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, where Walk the Talk America, the idea of it came from and, and, and how, you're, how people are probably in droves coming to your website right now. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, thanks for having me on. Once again, this is great. Anytime I get to talk about this, it's wonderful. But um, Walk Talk America basically was designed to to bridge the gap between mental health and firearms. Um, and we have laser focus on what I like to call the intersection of mental health and firearms, which is suicide. But also, we cast such a wide net that we just it works with regular mental health as well because they're all connected. Um, started about two years ago. Uh, because I wanted to bring the firearms industry. The firearms industry has constantly been under attack by a lot of people and we have blame shifted a lot as well because you do that when you're under attack. But I wanted to show the rest of the world that the firearms industry cares and that there's things we could do. We just have to talk to each other 
work with uh, organizations in mental health, like, you know, as I do with Jake, uh, Jake is on the board of Walk Talk America, um, as I've done with you, Cheryl, right? Uh, you know, these, these type of relationships are important. Um, but we developed programs that don't involve legislation that can help people now. And that's the most important thing in the now, uh, more than ever, like you said, is important. Um, I never would have thought that, you know, we'd be in a situation like this. Usually I'm contacted when there's a mass shooting or, you know, something tragic happens. This is tragic as well, but I just couldn't imagine that a pandemic would uh, push Walk the Talk America into the spotlight again. Um, but yeah, the free and, uh, free and anonymous mental health screenings that you're talking about is, if you go to the link, wtta.org forward slash love, or you just go to the website. Yes, Jake's got his band on. Um, you know, uh, we started to get, we wanted to get this link out to everywhere. And what we found is like, we have 14 gun manufacturers that put this in their box of firearms. Uh, that link leads to about 13 different mental health screenings. There's one for anxiety, PTSD, depression, there's everything. The great thing about this is it's free and anonymous. So you don't have to put in any information. You can just go through the whole process. My 10 year old uh, daughter did it when she thought she suffered from anxiety. Um, I have a 40-year-old cousin that did it. Um, now is the time to actually go check on your mental health. This is a great time uh, now that we're all in quarantine because you don't have to be in mental health crisis to actually check up on your mental health. Um, so get on there and take any of the screenings that you think might apply to you. Like I said, there's depression, anxiety, PTSD, bipolar disorder. Um, it's kind of, this is going to sound funny, but uh, one of my goals since I've been trapped in my house is to learn every appliance I've ever bought, right? I've learned how to use my bread maker. I've learned how to use my pressure cooker. I've learned how to use all these things. Um, apply it to the same thing to your brain, right? Go on, take the tests, take the screenings, see where you fall with some of these things, and they will tell you how to get help or connect you to help. Um, I think now is a good time uh, more than ever. Uh, especially with people out of work, uncertain about their future, not knowing an end date to this thing. You know, I live in Vegas. Vegas has been, it's horrible. Uh, everybody that is in Vegas usually works in the service industry, nightlife, or the hotels. Um, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's going to be a lot of people out of work. Um, you know, this type of thing is great for people to go to and get help and see where they're at. I would have never imagined that it was uh, the suicide part of this that people are depressed and don't know where to go. Yeah, it's, uh, it's happening right now. I mean, we just had a guy uh, yesterday that was a jumper from a bridge on the highway. Um, unfortunately, I think they, they talked him down, but uh, uh, that's what's really pushed this to the forefront because uh, like I said, there's lulls, right? When I first came out with the organization, we were a shiny new toy. A lot of people in mental health constantly contacting me. Then you had tragedy happen, you know, the shootings pushed Walk Talk America to the forefront again. Um, then things kind of calmed down. I, you know, I work behind the scenes with mental health organizations, but then this. Uh, and part of the thing that pushed this was so many first-time buyers were, ran out to get firearms. Um, and, and you guys own a gun store, you know, right? Um, so many first-time buyers ran out there. So many people that, uh, I, I've heard stories of people that were anti-gun that actually went to go buy a firearm. Um, that, you know, kind of crossed over to the other side. So that brings up concerns of safety and higher rates of suicide by firearm. So, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of interesting. The first couple days when they first shut down everything, um, my phone started ringing off the hook. 
I heard from all these mental health professionals that I've worked with on task force, uh, things like that. Uh, it's, it's good that everybody's conscious of it though. You know what I mean? Like that's the most important thing. And then there's a whole new audience that are coming into the two a world, which I like, um, which is a lot of opportunity to show well, who Mike, we are. What, you know. Well, you know, I know your website can help figure out if you, you know, you, you have some issues and need some help. What about, what if you know somebody that might need some help? Um, is there ways to learn on your website how to recognize if somebody has a problem? Hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, you could go through the screenings and see those. I mean, I'm going to defer to the mental health professional that we have on the show, which, uh-huh. which is Jake. If, okay. uh, you know, I know that Jake is running a series of online and, uh, you know, basically social media, right? Videos that, that help. Yeah. Him. Well, so what we, what we encountered when the, S hit the F, uh, you know, <laughs> mid-March was, uh, I don't know, kids might watch this, um, is uh, we we suffered a, a great deal of uh, client uh, decrease in, in volume. And so we we didn't know what was going to happen. And we didn't know if people would really take to this this new telehealth platform. It's not new. We've been doing it for a while and, you know, in fits and starts. But um, to paint the picture a little bit, um, Nevada is ranked 51st in the country in mental health provision and care access. Um, and that's when you count Washington, DC, that's why we're 51 and not 50. Um, and we've been there for three years running. So that's, that's ranked by mentalhealthamerica.net. Uh, that's a partner with walk the talk America. They do a lot of really good research and, and statistics compilation. So Nevada's dead last, which means that if you're a provider, you get clients coming out your ears. There, there's a provider shortage uh, in all of healthcare uh, in, across Nevada, uh, but specifically mental health care. So for a long time, we were sailing along fat, dumb, and happy because we had more clients than we could shake a stick at. Well, this rolls around and cracks everybody across the skull. Uh, people are losing their insurance because they're losing their jobs. They're losing the ability to pay their co-pays even or meet their deductibles. So a lot of people just said, well, you know what, we're going we're gonna to hold on hold off for a second and uh, client volume tanked. And that was uh, region wide. Um, every I'm on a text thread with six other agency heads, um, owners around Northern Nevada and um, everybody experienced the same thing. So what we did is we launched a marketing campaign to try to, to try to demystify telehealth and recruit people back into healthcare, into mental health care, because we knew what was coming. And so far it's been pretty successful. Zephyr stabilized. We haven't had to lay anybody off. Uh, the client loads are, by and large, they're pretty full, um, but but they're not they're not coming in waves uh, like they were before. They're gone, or the days of the wait list. Um, so, anyway, part of this marketing campaign to 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 bring people's awareness to to telehealth being not only okay but uh, perfectly HIPAA compliant and secure. And uh, we have many research studies that show that. Uh, tele teletherapy is just as effective as as in person in office therapy, and in some cases, it's actually more effective for people who have various circumstances that uh, act as barriers to to care access. So, along the way, we've created a lot of content, um, self help tips, uh, strategies that work for us as clinicians, um, and then Zephyr Wellness has a YouTube channel uh, that I've been throwing videos up for the last three three four years or so. And uh, you can go in there and learn things about like emotional functioning and whatnot. Now, also simultaneous to this, and I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention him, uh, my friend and mentor, Christian Conti, who's, uh, you can go to his website, drchristianconti.com, spelled 
C-O-N-T-E. Uh, this is his newest book. Um, it's really amazing. It says walking through anger, but really it's his life's work and what he designed, um, which is called yield theory. And anybody can use this uh, regardless of profession or, or what you do for, for work. And it's very, very useful. Um, his YouTube channel is fantastic. And he's pumping out content like all the, all the, all the time. And he's, he's really, really, he's super legit. He's lighting the world on fire back in Pennsylvania where he's from. Uh, working in the prison system and whatnot. So if you want to learn how to help yourself, know yourself. Mike hit the nail on the head. Um, if you want to, if you want to, you know, know everything in your house, you're going to become really efficient at, your, at what's in your house. If you want to know how your, your brain and your body tick, pay attention to it. And the best way to do that is to learn from people who, who do this for a living, who teach this stuff. So, you know, uh, not to toot my own horn or anything, um, but you know, I, I think what comes out of my mouth is some pretty good stuff. Otherwise I wouldn't say it. So if you want to listen to the, you know, the YouTube channel, listen to, to Dr. Conti's YouTube channel. Um, uh, he, he and I both have podcasts. Mine's called Noggin Notes. Um, just because of the tailspin we've been throwing it, I haven't uh, produced anything for a few weeks, but, um, had that going for a few years. And so, um, you can just start absorbing this content and it doesn't really matter where you get it, whether it's from Instagram or, or YouTube or, or just Google searches, uh, psychologytoday.com is another great resource. Um, people who have credentials, licenses from the state to, to practice in whatever the areas they practice um, are, uh, are frequently putting out information for free just so you can learn how to help yourself. Cause at the end of the day, as professionals, we just want to live in a healthy society. If we got rid of all psychological struggles so that everybody was healthy and I didn't have to walk through the store and see couples arguing in the line or uh, watching kids get bullied on the playground, and it meant that I was out of work, I would be perfectly fine with that. I would be happy going and like paving roads or throwing up drywall for a living or whatever I need to do to pay my mortgage if it meant that I was living in a healthy society. So that's why we push this stuff out there for, for free. That's why Walk the Talk America does what it does it's because we just, we just want people healthy and happy and alive. Um, so yeah, those are, I can go over all these resources at the end too and recap them if you want. Well, Jake, that's great information. And you know, I think that not just the person that's a, that has the problem, but for other people to recognize that is, uh, is important too, because they might be able to save somebody's life or a problem. But Mike, have you seen um, an increase in your website? Uh, yeah, we've seen an increase in the website. We've also seen an increase on one particular uh, screening, which is the anxiety screening. Uh, so it, that seems to be on everyone's mind, right? It's the worry. It's the, you know, what's going to happen next. Or, um, uh, I thought that was pretty telling, but you know, Dan, just to kind of circle back to what you asked me, um, it, it's so hard for people to be, a, a, a mental health professional on the fly, right? It's, it's hard sometimes like you live with your wife or you live with somebody, your kids, you, you can see a different behavior, uh, a different behavioral pattern. Um, I try always to to push people, you know, just ask the question, like, how are you holding up? How are you hanging in there? Like, are you okay? I got about 10 people that, you know, I'm always concerned about in my life because they, they fight in the open, they struggle with mental health and I check on them. I, I just do. I just say, how are you holding up today? It's simple. Um, you know, I know obviously we're all, you know, we all have tons of friends and people in our phones, especially you guys show, you guys are like the the cup, the power couple of the, the industry and everybody loves you. But so it's impossible to go through that whole list, but you know, pick the ones that you see, pick the people that you might, you know, sit, you've seen them struggle in the past. And those are the ones that just never underestimate the power of how you holding up. 
So true. So true. So, um, Jake, you know, you also, in addition to wearing all the other hats, the podcast and, you know, you're a uh, boss, you know, you've got a staff under you, all these things. You are also helping to train the helpers. And you and I met at an event that Michael put together in Reno, where, where you live. And you were part of bridging the communication and culture gap between mental health professionals and their clients, many of whom, I want to use the word many of whom, are gun owners. And now there are millions of more brand new first-time gun owners out there. This culture gap and this uh, communication gap is so important to get past so that gun owners don't feel like they have to be afraid to share that they have a gun um, and that counselors don't feel like, oh my gosh, he just told me he had a gun. Am I supposed to do something about that? You know. Yeah. Uh, so talk to us about that because the timing, again, of all of this coming together could not have been more important. And how is that bridge building going? Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. That's, that is one key component of what, what Walk the Talk to, has done. I mean, in addition to the, the flyers and the gun boxes and the, and the, the screenings on the website, training uh, the cultural competence component of mental health clinicians' uh, ability to, to treat is, has been paramount. Unfortunately, we had to cancel a, a, a training we are going to do in Las Vegas. It was going to be the first one in Clark County um, outside of Reno. We've done two in Reno. Uh, because because everything hit, um, so the bridge building is on hiatus, uh, and I think that that's it. Might be we might be able to change that a little bit if we put it together a webinar. But there's there's a critical component to what you experienced, which is range time, and in our course for the people who are listening who have no idea what we're talking about, it sounds like inside baseball. Um, what we do is um, so I'm a I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist by trade and a national certified counselor. So and I'm a gun owner. So when I, when I first paired up with, with Mike and walk the talk, we, um, it was a little bit like I had to come out of the closet to my own professional community because, uh, mental health clinicians tend to tend to t tilt left politically. And when you tilt left politically, you tend to make your mind up about what guns are and not a lot of mental health clinicians own firearms and, and so on and so forth. No, no big deal. Um, but in those circles, there's a lot of judgment about what gun owning means and what the firearms community is about and, and so forth. So what we're trying to combat is some of the perceived stigma and stereotype around that, but also bring to bear an understanding of what firearms culture is. And it's not just some dude who stockpiles a bunch of guns and sleeps with his rifles at night. That's, that's not it. Um, but I think that's uh, oftentimes the image that's been presented, at least from some of the things I've overheard from some of my colleagues. And I myself, even though I've been a, a gun owner for as long as I can remember, and I was raising a household full of cops, I've never really been into the second amendment community. And I didn't really understand gun culture myself. And I think our, our good friend and colleague, Rob Pincus put it succinctly in one of our trainings. He says, it's like car culture, right? So bringing the, the analogy of car culture to mental health clinicians to say, some people just drive the car because it's useful. Some people 
really have a brand preference. Some people like to soup them up and see how fast they can go. Some people decorate them. Some people restore them. Some people get inherited cars. And the analogies, and the analogies were, were perfectly aligned with, with firearms culture. And I learned something along the way. And so normalizing that conversation for mental health clinicians to say, look, there's a lot that you don't know about this. Um, we recommend that you be humble and deferential and have an open mind and then ask if you're not certain because hobbies matter in treatment. If somebody comes in and says, I'm really into X, uh, we want to be knowledgeable as much as we can about X, but knowing we can't be knowledgeable about everything, we, we stay curious and we ask, right? And what we found is the only way to really understand a culture is to participate in it. So whether that be uh, the LGBT culture um, or, or car culture or gun culture or um, an ethnic minority culture, you want to hang around the people who are doing the thing and learn what it's like, right? Get a feel for it. So range time is really critical to that. Getting we, What we did is we put these clinicians on the range with firearms in hand and showed them what it was like, many of whom had never fired before or had only shot maybe once many moons ago. And they were like, wow, now I get it. Okay, this is a really powerful experience. And um, some were very excited and some of them were um, interested to learn more. And, and all we could do is cram as much as we could into the three or four hours that we had. Um, so I'm hopeful that we can continue doing that through some sort of virtual um, realm. The good thing though, is that by and large, states uh, have recognized that the constitutional right to defend oneself is not to be infringed and gun stores and ranges have largely stayed open. Not all of them have some of them through self uh, adhesion to the, or adherence to the, to the um, social distancing. But if we can start to move that again and, and get into the, into the ranges and teach these folks, I think we'll, we'll be well on our way. Cause the last thing we want is for people to be skittish and scared about coming in and getting their, their, noggins checked uh because of some perceived stigma on the clinician's behalf like we're going to pick up the bat phone to the government and like rat them out for whatever they think we're going to rat them out for that's bad uh we know it's bad because we we've heard it uh time and again anecdotally mike and i have you know heard it from at shows and and in the community about you know i don't, I don't want to go in because uh i don't want to be on some list i don't want my stuff to go into some you know general large repository of information where they're going to come after me. Uh, I don't want my career to go away. Um, some people separate and apart from, and if I could bird walk this just a little bit, not that I've talked enough as it is, but um, some people separate and apart from the gun issue have careers that are still, that still have a stigma toward getting mental health taken care of. And some of those careers are emergency medicine, um, law, uh, law enforcement, uh, first responders, firefighters and EMTs, uh, anybody with the government security clearance, military personnel, both active and retired. Um, there's a lot, a lot of stigma around that, that that just has to change. And that's a cultural thing. We're not going to do it in one fell swoop. But but we can continue having the normal conversation that says, hey, look, if you broke your arm and you weren't fit for duty for a period of time and then your arm got healed and the physical therapist said, yeah, you, you're good to go. Your strength's returned. Your mobility's where it should be. Um, then you go back to full duty. But we don't have that in, in mental health care right now. What we've got is, oh, you're sick. You must be sick forever now. Uh, you, you, now you're not fit to do anything. And that's just not true. It's just, it's just not true. If people couldn't heal, then my profession would cease to exist. So we want to get the message out that people can heal and they should seek help because the alternative of living in misery or killing oneself are 
ridiculous options. Um, so that's, that's what we've been fighting. And that's, that's part of what you alluded to with the, with the class. Well, a person could have anxiety and want to go to the doctor to, to get, you know, some medication for that. And if they ask him if he had guns, he could, he, he may not go into that office to, to seek help because he's afraid what would happen if he told him he had guns. Well, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a conversation we need to be having as uh, as providers. So we can, we, we should be asking if somebody's anxious and has guns so that we can have a reasonable conversation about safe storage. Um, not so we can just like call CPS to protect the kids because we think they're in danger. That's, that's totally an appropriate breach of confidentiality. We need to be helping people through their circumstances, not uh, chastising them for experiencing them. And, and if I may, um, you mentioned anxiety and, and this, and Mike mentioned it too, is the, the uptick in, in the web traffic. Um, that's, there's good reason for that, right? So neurologically, um, fear is, is the, the emotion that we experience. I'm pointing back here because that's where our, our um, limbic system is that generates our emotions. Fear is the root of most anxiety. Um, fear of what? Well, typically it's a threat or a danger. And oftentimes we have fear about things in the future that we can't control because they're not here yet. So we anxietize about them because we want to control them. We're, we're driven by a lot of certainty in, in our culture. We want to know things and find out answers. And, and if there's a lot of uncertainty, that breeds a lot of anxiety. So um, conversely, if we fixate our thoughts on something in the past, that's usually depression too, because we're sad about it. We can't do anything to change it because it's already done. So to combat that, here's a tip that for everybody who's listening, be where you are in the here and now, be present, focus yourself on what you can control now. Uh, tomorrow, there's no you know, biblical scripture that says, you know, tomorrow's got worries of its own, worry about today, tomorrow will come when it comes. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing obviously, but if you can be in the present moment, it'll combat a lot of that anxiety and you'll find a, a, a peaceful, uh, tranquilizing effect sweeps over your body. If you just go, Oh, I'm here right now. Uh, tomorrow will come when it comes. Uh, and we'll know stuff then, not now. That's how you, that's how you diminish anxiety. I love that. Thank you for throwing that in there. That was so, it's so important because sometimes people don't even know what is anxiety and, you know, well, if, if you have a, you know, somebody that has, you know, highs and lows, you know, well, you know, maybe there's something wrong with them. Maybe they're a weak person. And that is such a, um, such a disservice that we do to each other when we think in terms of that. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, you bring up another good point there about weakness. I mean, inherently having an emotion is weak. You don't have any control over whether or not you feel something. I teach this all the time. Um, and it's, and it's on the YouTube channel. It's on Noggin Notes. Um, but what we do have control over is how much and how long we feel it. So if you feel fear, that's fine. Like that's totally legit. It is scary. Now the question becomes, once you've acknowledged that, how much do you want to feel it? Do you, do you want to stay in that fear for a long time? Cause that's, it doesn't really serve much unless you can like do something to change it. And I can't do anything to like invent a vaccine or like mass produce tests for COVID-19. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to let go of that and be where I am, which is controlling what I can control that the happiness I bring to my family, focusing on blessings and silver linings, um, you know, having podcasts and intelligent conversations. This is fun. Um, I don't have to worry about the things I can't control. Um, but that is weak. It is weakness and it's okay to be weak. We don't have to judge weak as like bad. And I think we, we do that a lot where it's like, Oh, don't be weak. Cause inherently I'm believing that weak is tantamount to bad. And therefore I'm a bad person. If I'm waiting, like, that's not true at all. It's just part of being a human. You, you, you're going to feel stuff and you don't have any control over it until you choose to do something else. 
So I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a little confused with some of this. I have no experience at all. But so if a person has anxiety, maybe it's because of the, the virus that's going on right now, not knowing what's going to happen. That's not a sign of suicide, is it? It's not a sign that they're going to, that we need to know if they have guns and because they could go further with it, is it? Yeah, um, I, part of that broke up, but I think what I heard you say was, um, why, why do we need to be asking about that? And um, the, the simple answer is you don't unless somebody ideates suicide, and then you want to know what the likelihood right. is. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if somebody just comes in and says, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a little restless and keyed up, and I'm on edge, and I can't sleep, and I'm having you know bad dreams, um, we, we as professionals are obligated to ask, well, are you thinking about killing yourself? They go, mm -hmm. oh, no, no, not, nothing like that. Right. End of story. I don't have to ask them how. That would be right. an, an inappropriate intrusion into their life. Right. But if they go, yeah, you know, I'm, you know I've been, I'm thinking about it, man. I just don't know. I'm out of work, and I don't know if I can provide for my family, so on and so forth. They go, oh, okay, well, well how do you rate? You know, seven out of ten. Well, that's pretty high. Well, if you had a plan, what would the plan be? And then they tell us, you know, we go back and forth, and it's a, it's a conversation. So I didn't mean to just gloss over that. Like, we just right. And, and, and I can guns. understand that. And I can understand that. It doesn't necessarily mean – uh, you know, if you ask them what's your, you know, what's your plans, they, I just have this immediate problem right now that I can't shake, but I know everything's going to be fine down the road, but I can't shake yeah. it right now. So you can recognize that and decide where to go with that. But if they say, man, I don't think there's an end to this. I just don't know. I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Then you start asking more questions to go in deeper with. It. I understand that. Thank you for clearing 100%. that up. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. And part of the training that uh, is part of Walk the Talk America, kind of throwing it back to Mike real quick, is, you know, also trying to help train the people that work behind the retail gun counters. You know, maybe we can pick up on a phrase here, uh, you know, uh, an affect there, you know, that sort of thing, because, you know, we don't want to just completely gloss over, completely bypass if somebody is is clearly exhibiting to us that they're either highly agitated and and buying a gun in a highly agitated state or deeply in a depressive state. And, you know, I have a degree in psychology, but most retail gun counter people do not. Um, and even with my degree, I can't be held responsible for that. But I definitely want to try to, to uh, utilize whatever skills I do have. Um, so talk about that a little bit, Michael. Is that a, a fully developed part of Walk the Talk America or something that's sort of in the stages of being developed? Well, we have a storage program that we have a few stores participating in, but they were doing safe storage before. Um, but then an organization like Hold My Guns came along that's laser focused on safe storage. So that allowed Walk to Talk America to kind of put that on the back burner because I think Sarah's doing such a great job um, getting that done. Uh, bringing back the point of like the guy behind the counter. Um, you know, when I first started this, like mental health and firearms just didn't go together, right? And so my idea about Walk to Talk America, especially with these flyers, which many gun store owners um, have put on top of their counter or they throw it in the receipt when the, uh, someone purchases something. Um, like us. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. So my whole thing is, is like, I've walked into stores um, where the guy behind the counter is like, oh, you're the Walk to Talk America guy. It's really awesome what you're doing. And what I feel is that even just bringing the flyer into the store and having the store recognize the word term mental health 
um, it's bringing attention to it and it's putting the two together. And uh, I've had, you know, the, all these are anecdotal, right? But, you know, I've had countless people go buy a gun from a store and they found the flyer, they got the flyer and they, they reached out and they were like, this is really cool. I love what you're doing. It makes me feel much better about the gun I just purchased, right? Uh, it, it, it does work. Um, I just need it to be present. I need people to be cognizant of it while they're in the store. You might not be a mental health professional. Nobody, the guy behind the counter has got to work about uh, work towards finding straw purchases. He's got to be people's uh, buddy because it's, it's like a barbershop, right? People go into the gun store and they just want to chat um uh, yes you know, it, it is kind of funny um so there's a lot of things the guy behind the counter has to worry about uh i just wanted to make it a way uh, make a way for them to be able to bring up mental health and not have to be an expert about it or be judgy or worry people you know like rob and i created a video um that's out there where we role played and it was a very nonchalant way like hey you know, keep this in mind. If you ever need help, you know, we're all a big family. It's a two A community. Um, and, and I like that. I think that's the best way to handle it. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. It's really hard because, you know, we try to train all of our, our staff to recognize when a person buys a firearm, you know, if there is any nervousness or depressed mood or things like that. And we have seen that and give your flyer out and say, hey, why don't you take a couple of days and come back? So it's important that the gun shops uh, do share that information. So. Absolutely. Yes, that's cool. If I could jump in real quick for yeah. like two seconds, because I know we're wrapping up here. Um, I think that it's really important too that in this time now where people are, are buying out of fear, they're, they're buying out of anxiety. That doesn't, right. I don't want to pathologize that and say that like people shouldn't be buying guns because the, the motivation is incorrect. That, I mean, that's, that's actually legitimately the, the motivation we all go by guns is to protect ourselves so it, because we're scared of something that might happen, right? This is, it's, a, it's an insurance policy. We don't want to use it, but we'd like it if, if the, the time comes. And so I don't want to, you know, send the message if you're, if you're just randomly tuning in and um, being like, what are they talking about anxiety and like, you know, firearms? It's like, no, this, it's okay. What we want to make sure of though, and we mentioned way early on is like first time gun buyers, um, it's not just the suicides we're, we're worried about. It's, it's accidental discharge. It's, it's any of those un, unintended negative outcomes from people who didn't really know what they were getting into. So if you're a first-time gun owner and you're just checking this, this stuff out, um, please, 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 for the love of God, go get some training. And, it, and yes, in-person training would be preferred. Being six feet apart is not the ideal way to train um, when you're a first-time gun owner, but at least research what you're doing, know how your firearm operates, know how to take it apart, clean it properly, store it safely, and um, and by all means, do it responsibly. We don't we don't want people just racing out and just you know arming themselves and then having bad things happen because they're promoted to do so by this anxiety, right? So it all kind of dovetails together. Just just want to be smart about it. That's all. Right. And we've, we've done that with the people that walk in the door. I would say that three out of 10 people this last couple of weeks were new gun owners. And I sold more safe storage uh, boxes in this couple of weeks than I have in the 14 years that I've been doing this. People are recognizing, hey, this could be dangerous. So I am going to try my best. I need to buy the gun now. I'll get the training, but I want the gun now while I can get it and they buy the safe and they lock it up. So I, I see a lot of responsible people out there that are trying to be responsible anyway. So Absolutely, that's and we, uh, 
living in Arizona, we have some of the the best, uh, most constitutionally based gun laws that are in the country. And, you know, we have what we call constitutional carry. And so you don't have to have a concealed carry license to, in order to conceal carry, all those kind of things. But we still encourage people get the training because it can only help you. And so um, I know that we're not alone in that. I know that, uh, especially in the season of brand new gun owners, that there are a lot of people out there that are doing exactly what you suggest, um, Jake, and that is to, you know, get whatever training they possibly can. And we've done several shows on trying to connect people with um, whatever kind of distance training or digital training they can possibly get. But um, we do need to start wrapping up. And, and Mike, um, you know, Walk the Talk America is doing such important work. I, I just think it was such an amazing thing that somebody that was in the gun business, you were a gun importer for the love of Pete, right? <laughs> you know? And uh, somebody that was in the gun business for such a long time, and you don't necessarily have a, a psychology background, you know, like uh, Jake and I went to school for all this stuff. And so it's kind of top of mind for us all the time. And yet you put together this organization um, I think it's, it's truly an honor to, um, someone who you lost, um, to, to suicide, if I'm allowed to bring that up here. And I, Absolutely. I think what an incredible honor that you are doing, uh, to that person and, and the life he lived and the life that he lost. And this is a not for, not for profit organization. That means everything that you do that costs money that money has got to come out of your pocket or it's got to have been donated somewhere. Um, this is work that is so worthy of supporting. How can people do that? How can they reach out and, and help you? And if they don't happen to have cash in hand, because right now a lot of people are a little cash strapped, even though there's those checks coming from the government supposedly. Um, are there ways that people can can help and be a part of this? And and how it, how are how would they do those things? Okay, if, uh, thank you, Cheryl. I appreciate the kind words. And yes, I have no degree. I'm not into psychology. I, it, it, but that just goes to show you that you can do something and make a difference. You don't have to be an expert. You can just try. So I tell my daughters this all the time again. Don't ever let someone tell you you can't do something if you're passionate about it. Um, one thing I want to mention is uh, the gun for anybody that's watching that's in the industry, I know you probably got listeners that are outside of the industry or on the fringe. The gun, the narrative of the gun and the gun shop can be changed. Uh, it can be changed to a conduit to get people help that they need without fear of consequence, right? We can do that. Um, I, I, we're proving it. Uh, you know, this card in the box, um, you know, the card in the shop, just the link in itself. Um, these are ways for people to get help. So it's changing the narrative of the gun being something scary or dangerous, which we know it's dangerous. We, we've accepted the danger, but this type of thing can get, we can help people. We can save their lives. So it's important. Now, if you want to help financially, uh, you can go to the website, you go to the Facebook page at walk the talk us. Um, there's a link there, um, that you can download. Bless you. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Man, don't be sneezing on on air. <laughs> I, I try. Where's Where's my disinfectant wipes? Look, I've been married. 30, I'm, I'm allergic to her. Okay, thirty five years. Okay? Anyway. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Is Cheryl gonna just take off running? <laughs> For real. I need oh, my my big. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, no, but so you could donate financially. Uh, you know, obviously if you can't donate and money's tight and I've, I've said this from day one, uh, it's not all about money. Like even if you know someone at a gun store and you want to walk in there and say, Hey, there's this card that I'd like you to put in there. That's a donation to me. Right. Um, sharing a post about walk to talk America or sharing the link or, or talking about the class online or whatever is a donation to me. Uh, to me, you're donating your time uh, to help push the cause. So uh, any way that someone finds it in their heart to help the organization, uh, if it's financially, just sleep well at night. And Jake can attest to this. We don't, nobody takes a dollar. Like nobody takes a dollar. It all goes to the cause and the mission. Um, there are not many 501c3s that are like that. Um, I'm proud to be that one. Everybody that does this does it for the love of the game. The Rob Pincuses, Jake, um, you know Kenyon Gleason from NASGW, Colin Noir, everybody that's 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 done it has done it for free. That's fantastic. All right. Well, I have kept you both for far longer than I said I would, and I appreciate you both so much uh, for all that you are doing and all that you have brought to our listeners and our viewers today. And just as we start to wrap up, how do people? find you in that digital space and follow all the work that you do. Jake, if you would go first with that. Yeah, ZephyrWellness.org is a great place to start, Z-E-P-H-Y-R Wellness.org. Um, we also have an Instagram that's pretty active. Uh, I mentioned the YouTube channel, just look up Zephyr Wellness uh, or my name. Uh, Noggin Notes is the podcast knew that for about two years. Uh, we try to do it weekly. It fell off last couple of months, obviously. And, um, and like I said, uh, even though he's not, a, he's not really affiliated with the company, Christian Conti has great, great, great content out there. Um, drchristianconti.com and uh, his YouTube channel. Um, we're, we're, we're just continuing to put stuff out there. So um, any of those uh, methods are, are great ways to get, to get some help. And, and remember like online therapy, like if you, if you hit that point and you're like, dude, I can't navigate this anymore. I I'm going to go hire a professional. That's fine. You know, insurance pays for that stuff these days. Um, very rarely does an insurance company not have a mental health benefit. And um, with the benefit of telehealth now it's great. You don't even have to leave your home, um, drive across town, you know, like it's, it's awesome. That's fantastic. And so um, is getting mental health, like if there's somebody listening right now that's in a state that's not Nevada, which is where you practice, are they, is there a way for them to reach out and get help from you? Or would you be referring them to someone in their own state? How does that work? So uh, sort of a gray area right now, actually, because um, Previously, people had said, you can only practice within your state. Okay, that's fine. We get that. I'm licensed in Nevada. I'm not licensed in Arizona. However, people do travel across state lines to get good help for all sorts of things, from chemotherapy to, you know, whatever. Um, now, with the advent of this telehealth, I think, I think it's going to force uh, a reckoning with the old school way of thinking. Um, and it used to be, like, am I reaching into Arizona or is Arizona reaching into me? And, and I would happily say that 
and, and I, I don't see any judge or any licensing board ever determining otherwise, that somehow geographic or geopolitical boundaries are gonna keep people from care. That's ridiculous. Um, and there would be lawsuits instantly filed. So I think if people wanted to reach out to Zephyr Wellness and seek treatment, we would make sure that we could you know, make it happen. But if you wanna stay within your own location, because after this thing passes over and you actually wanna like shake hands with your therapist, um, psychologytoday.com is a great place to go, as well as aamft.org, which is the American Association of Marriage and Family Therapy. They have a therapist locator and you can search by zip code. Um, just pick somebody whose profile seems to resonate with you. Don't, don't stare too much at the, at the modalities like, you know, do they do CBT or do they do EMDR? Like, don't get lost in that. Just read the profile, see if the profile resonates with you and pick that person. Cause we know that through research that, um, the number one most important thing in a client counselor relationship is whether or not you trust your clinician. And if you have good rapport, all the other technique stuff doesn't really matter as much. That's awesome. Thank you for that. And Mike, how would people reach out and follow you personally or definitely get connected with WTTA? Okay, uh, WTTA.org is the website. Uh, our social media for across all platforms is at WalkTheTalkUS. And my personal Instagram and personal Facebook page is just at Michael underscore Sodini. So, uh, you know, we're we always have people on there responding to things. If you have questions, feel free to, to contact us. So that's fantastic. Thank you guys so yeah, we'll, much. We'll have links on the web, our website at Gun Freedom Radio too, right? Absolutely. Everybody that has been a guest and you both now have been on more than one time, you have a guest page and you can click on that and read all about the, the people you see on your screen or the people whose voices you're hearing in your ears, however you've tuned into us and uh, click on their guest page and uh, links to all the good work that they're doing is right there. And I, I, I love that you have your bracelet on, Jake. And oh, oh. hello there. That's Ethan. And hello, Elijah's Ethan. over here. He's camera shy. Hi, Jason. How are you? <laughs> Ethan, say hi. They can't hear you. Hi. You wanted it, Cheryl. You your, got it. But only if you put your face on here. <laughs> it's like not gonna it's, do it dad it's guys, an honor thank, honestly thank yeah. you dan sure yeah, appreciate it yeah i can't wait to see you guys in person too i want to get back down to arizona when this is all over yeah oh awesome. man and i am a hugger so all of this social distancing physical distancing is like murder for me right yeah, you have to hug me all day now. I, I do dan's like <laughs> get off me stop touching me and i want him to stop sneezing on me so you know we'll have to figure that out <laughs> You know what? The allergies are crazy here right now. They are not helpful. But I love that your kiddos are there. I love that this is a perfect example of what really all of us are going through. We're yeah. pivoting, we're repurposing our living space. And I hear him, he really needs that cookie. I'm going to let you guys go. Okay. All right, Cheryl, Dan, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Awesome. That's a great way to I love it. I love it. I mean, and the, it's all about the kids. Oh, we see him. Whether he likes it. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Go get a cookie. Bye. <laughs> oh, oh, see fantastic. Ya. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Oh, my goodness. What a great way to end the show. I agree with that. It's all about the kids. They yep. are our future, you know, and they are living in a weird time, just like the rest of us. And not only are they dealing with whatever they're dealing with, but they feel our stress. Oh, yeah. 
you know, and then they react to that. And then we react to them reacting and it, it can just really go a little bit wonky. And so I Please think keep that in mind with your kids. I mean, you know, they are trapped too. Yeah, absolutely. And, they um, miss their friends. You know, I miss their friends. Yeah, right. So. <laughs> I miss that she has friends and can't get to her friends, yeah. my granddaughter. Um, but uh, anyway, I think this is such an important conversation we've had today. Uh, I hope that people can feel from it that, you know, it's not a weakness to be afraid or feel anxious. And there's a strength to getting help, finding help and getting help. So right. that you're, you know, if you have a toothache, is it weak that I have a toothache? No, I, I go to the dentist and I get help. And, and as most, I guess you'd call it sicknesses or problems, that it starts out slow mm -hmm. and it gets worse. I mean, people don't just in a perfect mood every day and every and the next day go, I think I'm going to kill myself. No, <laughs> it, it's, it's, so when you recognize that you have some issues, yeah. it's good to get help because it might be able to pull you back to where you're okay again. Right? Absolutely. That, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, it is time for us to wrap up. Well past time for us to wrap up today, but I could, I was in, enjoying and loving every second of that conversation. So thank you so much to all of our listeners. We value you. Uh, your time is your most uh, finite and valuable commodity. And when you spend it with us, please know that um, it, it means a lot to us, it means everything to us. Thank you to our awesome guests. Holy cow. Yes. Jake. Wiskirchen, said Very it right good. again, of Zephyr Wellness, and Michael Sodini of Walk the Talk America. I'm so blessed to know both of those gentlemen. Um, I, I really, sometimes I have to pinch myself that, I'll just pinch you instead, that we uh, get to know the people that we get to know in this amazing industry, the firearms industry and the Second Amendment community. Um, and just in closing, pray for this nation. I mean, we're all hurting at some level. We're all anxious at some level. We all feel an uncertainty and an uneasiness at some level. So pray for the leaders as well, the people that are on the forefront trying to make huge decisions about our futures. I'm going to need some help with that one. So I'll get some help so that I can for some. But we, <laughs> I recognize that. And yeah. Even, even the ones you don't like, yeah. That's the one I need the mental help with. <laughs> Especially. I'll get some help. I'll call Jake and ask him if he can help me learn how to do that. I like it. Especially the ones you don't like. And until next time, be good to each other. Have a great week. And God bless. Bye.